Hello and welcome to the Gloveface Digital Wellbeing Podcast. I am, of course, your host, David, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Really excited to start having some more long-form conversations about digital well-being. And I guess I wanted to let you know what to expect from the podcast moving forward. Really, a lot of what I share on other social media platforms is ideas-driven, really practical tips to help you change your life with screens. But where I want to focus in on the podcast is more around ideas and concepts and really get to the heart of what's driving a lot of the need for change in our relationship with technology and in our relationship with screens in general. So hopefully these conversations will give you more of a mindset shift rather than simple practical tips to change your life with screens. But today's episode, I wanted to give you just a bit of a background as to who I am and why I decided to start this this journey of of the Glowface Digital Wellbeing Company. And I guess really it, um, it goes back a long way. It goes back all the way back to when I was in kindergarten, in fact, even before that, I grew up um, in, in Sydney, and I, I was, uh, I spent a lot of time, of course, my mum uh, was, was, was a, you know, stay-at-home mum, and I uh, would spend a lot of time with her before I went to kindergarten, and she noticed in me that I was pretty clever when it came to math, and now every parent thinks their kid is pretty clever, and that's understandable, but I did seem to be a little bit different, you know, I was sort of three and four years old and I was making comparisons between the age of myself and my older brother who's two years older than me, I would, you know, three years old, I'd tell my mum that when I'm 31, my brother will be 33, which is a pretty interesting thing for a three-year-old to come up with. And so I, you know, progressed with, with my mum and I seemed to have an aptitude for numbers and then I got to kindergarten and this whole idea of, you know, one plus one equals two just was a little bit boring for me. And so they, I remember in kindergarten, I was given these sort of eight and 12 sided die. And I was, you know, what, five or, or six years old at the time. And the teacher asked me to roll the dice and multiply the numbers together. So I sort of went ahead and did that. I rolled the dice and I would uh, times the numbers together as a, as a six year old, which was already pretty you know, again, a little bit different, not sort of too more horny, it just gives you some context on what, what life was like for me. Um, I would show the teacher all the multiplications I did as a six-year-old, and she would say, oh, okay, yeah, that's good, she'd check it, mark it, I had to get the calculator out to check my answers, and, uh, and and she would sort of, you know, send me back on my way to do some more maths, when the other kids were sitting there in the front, you know, learning about simple addition and subtraction, that sort of carried on through the first couple of years of my school life. But then around year two, my mum pulled us out of school and actually um, took us, uh, started homeschooling us, which sort of maybe you started to think, oh, well, that's kind of why he's all against screens and technology. But I guess we weren't your sort of typical, you know, know, uh, homeschoolers. We lived on a farm or, you know, raised our own chickens or we did have a vegetable patch, but that's besides the point. We were pretty normal kids, I think. Uh, in fact, ironically, we actually literally lived next door to a public school. So for eight years of my life, I was homeschooled from, I think it was eight years, roughly. See, I'm not good at any maths anymore. I'm not any good at maths anymore. Um, we were home for school from year two and I went back to high school in 
in year eight. So, you know, I think I got taken out at eight years. I went back to high school in, when I was 14. So six years, excuse the math there, but six years, my life was, was homeschooled. And then I, I kind of, you know, went through this process of doing homeschooling and, and found myself back at school in year eight and then found myself back in math class, uh, effectively just doing what everyone else was doing, which was a different experience for me because I'd spent those couple of years in primary school, you know, pretty well ahead of, of most everyone else, pretty well used to doing my own thing. And then coming back into, you know, year eight maths, like I had a little bit of an aptitude for, for mathematics, but there was no way the teacher was going to, you know, give me my own work or let me do my own work by myself. I was following the curriculum. I was doing what everyone else was doing. And I guess I sort of progressed through high school and, and went to university. And, and again, nothing special, pretty basic finance degree, found myself in a, in a corporate job. And, and then in my 20s, really started to reflect on that experience as a kid. Like clearly, I had a little bit of a natural talent for maths. You know, it was kind of maybe even my God-given gift. You know, I think, I think everyone's got something that they're better at than other things. For example, I'm terrible at drawing, terrible at painting, anything sort of artwork related. My four-year-old can draw and color in better than I can just, you know, already. And uh, so it's not definitely not a natural talent that I, that I possessed, but maths was clearly my natural talent. But by the time I'd gotten back to school at 14 years old, my natural talent had, had sort of disappeared, had, had gone. Um, in a way, it was almost sort of taken from me without me even realizing it. And I, as I reflected on, on that experience, it started to dawn on me what, what was quite you know, you know integral part of, of my childhood. And that was the time I spent in front of a computer. And that was the time I spent in front of a TV. The time I spent in front of a screen. I was born in 1992, so there you go. You can figure out my age. I'm 31 years old right now. But, you know, in the 90s, although there were some computer games, like basic ones back in the 80s, in the 90s was really the boom of the console-based uh, uh, games or you know computer games console based games that you could play plug into the tv and play things like super nintendo nintendo 64 playstation was released xbox was i think the early 2000s as well all these sort of console based um, you know, entertainment gaming systems were released then and i tell you what i consumed all of it i played tons of nintendo 64 you know, Pokemon on that. I played Pokemon on Game Boy. Game Boy was released during that time as well. I played heaps of Xbox. My brother actually got our Xbox had a, uh, a computer chip put in it where you could go to the video game store, take the game, like you know, the video store. You remember like Video Easy or Blockbuster and those sort of stores. And you could, you know, rent the, the game and you could then load it into your Xbox and you'd have it forever, which is a bit of a cheap way of you know getting a hold of a game but that means we had we had you know 100 games that we could if we could play on our xbox xbox at any given time but and I, and I consumed all of these games over and over and over again and you know but then i also played a lot of computer-based games you know for anyone who grew up during that time age of empires i'm sure you have heard of it i'm sure you played it counter-strike again i'm sure you've heard of it i'm sure you played it but the thing that took my attention the most was a game called guild wars uh, and I was absolutely obsessed with this game for about, you know, three or four or five years. And it, it really did extend well into my 20s as well. Um, and, and I spent 
I think at some stage there was like a two or three year period there where I would do two hours every single day on that computer game, which is an unfathomable amount of time. Now I say that as as a 31 year old father of two, I had to spend two hours on a computer game, and I I ended up spending you know easily what would amount to 10,000 hours of my childhood and teenage life either playing computer games or watching TV. I loved to watch TV, loved watching Dragon Ball Z, loved watching uh, Pokemon, you know, any of these sort of TV shows that would come on. Loved, loved watching them, loved watching Sports Center, you know, and then uh, as, as I sort of grow a bit older. But when you combine the amount of time I spent on, on computer games with the time I spent on Xbox and PlayStation with the time I spent watching TV, I easily would have hit, you know, a 10,000 hour mark. Now, why do I mention this 10,000 hour mark? Well, there's this whole idea that if you spend 10,000 hours on one thing, you get to become an expert at it, right? It takes 10,000 hours to become a master chef or magician or you know, musician, whatever it is. You get 10,000 hours to, if you, if you spend 10,000 hours practicing that thing, you will become an expert and you'll get really good at it. And, you know, I think a lot of people get to spend their 10,000 hours working on the thing that they're naturally talented at. Maybe they're nat- talented at soccer or naturally talented at playing instruments or naturally talented, you know, at math, for example, and they get to spend 10,000 hours working on that craft. And I realized when I came across this theory and I've reflected back on my time that I'd spent my 10,000 hours not on maths, not on my natural talent, but on computer games. I spent 10,000 hours staring at a screen instead of being able to deploy my natural talent into the world and do perhaps what would make me feel most fulfilled. And as I sat in a, in a corporate job, spending my, all my days just sitting there, answering emails, taking phone calls, pretty, pretty boring stuff, I started to become really disenchanted with the whole process. You know, and that, the whole idea around chasing your dreams started to, to play in my mind. And I quit my job. I went and tried to be a personal trainer and run a gym and that failed. And I went to a smaller business and, and I didn't enjoy my time there much either. And now I'm sort of back in a corporate world and it's a bit easier to tolerate these days because I've got, you know, family and kids to take care of. And that's a responsibility and that's important that I honor that responsibility. Absolutely intend to do so. But I, I digress there. I'm just sort of giving you an idea that really, you know, I, I found myself wondering why in fact I'd spend that time and how how that decision was made and I guess it really wasn't a decision I never made the decision to trade 10,000 hours of my life um, spending it on screens you know having fun of course but instead of that I spent instead that I could have spent it on becoming a better mathematician and perhaps found myself in a, in a career that was more rewarding or, or more fulfilling and, and something that I felt that I was more naturally inclined to do so I started on this journey of understanding, you know, what is it about screens that draws us in? What is it about our phones that holds our attention so well? You know, what is, you know, why do people end up like I did? And I'm sure I wasn't the first person who kind of woke up after 10,000 hours in a job they didn't like. What the hell just happened in the last 20 years of my life? You know, I'm, 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 I'm sure there's millions of people who found my, who can resonate with my story to say, well, hey, actually, I was really good at, you know, whatever it was when I was a kid, but then all of a sudden, as a teenager, that talent was gone, 
And then I just found myself in a job I didn't like in my 20s. And here I am with a mortgage and I'm, and I'm sort of stuck. What happened? And I think what happened was, was screens. What happened was we spent our 10,000 hours in the wrong way. And what I hope to do through Glowface Digital or being is change that for some people, change that particularly for kids. You know, I think about like kids who don't get the chance to make this choice. A lot of them are just given an iPad or given a phone at a young age and sent on their way and, and you know, not taught how to deal with these devices, predominantly because most people don't know how to work well with them, how to manage them, how to integrate them healthily into their daily lives. And, you know, they end up spending you know, five, six, seven hours a day just on their phone, uh, which sort of, is just an incredible amount of time. And very quickly, these kids are going to hit 10,000 hours on these devices and they're going to wonder what the hell just happened. And then they're going to grow up and take on responsibilities that are going to feel uncomfortable because they found themselves in jobs that they aren't fulfilled in because they spent their lives staring at a screen. So what I really hope to do through Glowface Digital Being is just introduce some ideas to people to help change that potential outcome for a bunch of kids. Also, you know, introduce some ideas to those who are older, those in my generation who grew up with screens, grew up with computer games like we did, help them understand what might have just happened, but also how do you make a change moving forward, you know? There's still a lot of life left to live for, for a lot of us and there's still a lot of opportunities to put down our, our phones, put away the screens and start to reclaim our lives. And that's what I really hope that digital, Glowface Digital Wellbeing can, can bring to a lot of people is really practical ideas and how to take your life back from screens. You know, of course, there's the book that allows people to dive deeper into these ideas and concepts. And I'll bring a lot of these to the, those ideas from the book to the podcast. There's the course that, you know, really gives people practical tips to change their lives in screens in 10 days and really gets into the implementation of those ideas. But hopefully the content I put out there just on a broad basis will be able to inspire people to make these changes with screens and help them, you know, ensure that their kids don't end up um, you know, perhaps like I did or in the same spot that they are, having spent 10,000 hours in the wrong way. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Podcasts will come out on a weekly basis and you can expect to hear again from me same time next week. Thanks so much.